I'm Trillia Newbell, and this is Stories of Sacred Endurance, a podcast about persevering in Christ through the ups, downs, challenges, heartbreaks, and journey of life. Every episode, we will talk to a fellow saint who can teach us something important about enduring in the faith. Today, I'm so grateful to welcome Michael Card on the podcast. Michael Card is a Christian singer, songwriter, musician, author, and radio host from Franklin, Tennessee. He has authored several books, including the Golden Medallion Book Award winner, A Sacred Sorrow. But today, we are here to talk about how he has endured decades in the industry, and most importantly, in the faith. Michael, thank you for being on. Thanks, Julia. Um, There are many who would want to know more about your testimony and who would be encouraged uh-huh. by it. Could you share that briefly? Sure. Uh, it's pretty simple. I came to faith in the context of a little uh, Southern Baptist church in uh, North Nashville in Englewood. And uh, I was eight years old. In fact, my uh, this week is my anniversary uh, of coming to faith. Um, but walked the aisle, and uh, James Hopkins was a pastor, Brother Hopkins. He asked, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? And, and even at eight years old, I said, uh, I, th- I think he's asking me into his heart. Mm. And so I've always had kind of a twisted, you know, different way of looking at things. You have endured three decades in the music industry. With all of the changes in the business and in evangelicalism, how have you stayed faithful? My, my advantage was I was discipled mm. uh, by a remarkable person. His name was uh, William Lane. He was, uh, he was my principal professor at school, but he was also uh, the pastor of the church that I went to for six or seven years when I was at, at Western. And I think any, first of all, writing music in the first place, me writing music in the first place was his idea. I, w- I would have never written music if it wasn't for Bill. But I was with him for, for the, all those years, and we, we actually we continued to be friends until he died. I, I was actually holding his hand when he died. Hmm. Um, but he... He sort of gave me his his value system, and uh, and not only did he teach it to me, he lived it out. And for about twenty seven years, I saw him, you know, um, deal with his, his own version of the music industry was uh, the the academic world, which is very much like you know, there's lots of uh, rivalries and that sort of thing, and you know, one person gets the book deal and have you published and that sort of thing. And I saw him. Uh, navigate that uh, with faith and uh, um, just in a remarkable way. So, yeah, if I've I've endured, it really was a result of having been uh, discipled. If you could use a different word, what would that word be? Because endured does sound like a struggle, and for some, it is. So what would that word be if you... um... I think I think endure, endure is actually a good word, but uh, the only word I think I would say to substitute would be survive. Oh, that's good. <laughs> because, yeah, because there's so much really that's designed that's antithetical to the gospel and to uh, servanthood. Um, I, I met with a pastor just yesterday who just wanted to talk, and he was talking about how how hard it was in the context of this big church to preach the word and love people, which is what he thought pastors were supposed to do. And I think the same thing goes uh, in the music business. I mean, you're fundamentally wanting to uh, wash people's feet with the water of the Word, and and uh, it's amazing how much works against that. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's not to say I'm not throwing the, the whole industry out. There, there's some, oh, sure. uh, obviously some really fine people 
but uh, ministry based on capitalism is just weird. It's always going to be weird. So what does perseverance and faithfulness look like for you and your calling in general? Well, I think it, it looks like um, um, uh, staying committed to community, to um, one of the most deliberate things Jesus did was create communities. He had three that we know of, the three, the 12, and the 70. Hmm. And um, I think that that's that's been a real key for me. There's two or three people that um, I'm in community with who I can say anything to, and you know they can say anything to me. They can ask me anything. I can ask them anything. And and uh, I don't think I would be able to have survived or persevered or endured or whatever word we're going to use <laughs> uh, if it weren't if it weren't for those three guys. Hmm. Um, and then there's the 12, there's a larger group that, who, you know, well, and who you walk with. And then there's the larger group, the 70 who, uh, you know, are part of a fellowship. I don't know how you can relate to much, to much more than 70 people. What would you say to encourage, um, maybe even challenge that person who thinks, no, I can do it on my own. I don't need the quote unquote church or has they felt burnt by, um, the church or even the music industry. You've talked about sure. the 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 struggle there um, with capitalism and how how you balance that tension. What how can you encourage mm. someone in those things? My first encouragement to anybody on on, any, on practically any subject is to focus their their attention, their hearts on on who Jesus is and what He means. Yeah. Uh, that that focus clarifies everything. I mean, if you're if you're you're having marital problems. I'm going to say, you know what? You need to fall in love with Jesus again. You need to, you know, be walking closer, more closely with Him. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with uh, the, the the music industry or a ministry in, in that context, I think the first thing I'm always going to say is, go to the Gospels and and uh, get closer to this remarkable person who who is the reason, the whole basis for us doing this in the first place. Yeah. And I think I think um, a closer relationship with him um, is always going to clarify things. You know, you you don't want to get on the bus again. Well, you know, he's his lordship is absolute in my life. If he mm-hmm. says leave home, I leave home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for a theme. I mean, his his life is a you know bottomless source of themes and lyrics, and, and people have been singing about his life for two thousand years. So I think that that's the principal thing I would always say. Just just fall in love with Jesus again. So what I'm what I've decided to spend the rest of my life doing is looking at the details of the life of Jesus and trying to find, you know, new ways to talk about who he is and uh I'm just really interested in his life and and just find him endlessly fascinating. Tell us one way that you're trying to learn about him, like some, maybe something you're doing, and one way you're trying to communicate about him. I'm just finishing a book called A Lyrical Life. I've taken all, all the lyrics. I've written about 450 songs in the last 35 years. Wow. And a lot of those have been about Jesus. I took my 40 favorite ones and wrote essays on them. And that's one example of what, what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do is, is go back and 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 revisit uh, some of the major themes that I've talked about for for all these years. I don't want to just throw that out and start start all over again. Mm-hmm. But then some of the new things, um, uh, for example, what I'm working on now is uh, the the Jewishness of Jesus. Hmm. Um, just read a great book called uh, "What Every Christian Needs to Know About the Jewishness of Jesus" by a Rabbi up in Chicago. He's not a Christian; he's a Rabbi, mm-hmm. but he has sort of 
has this fascination with who Jesus is, and uh, that uh, that's that's the sort of thing um, I, I think I'm uh, I'm going to spend you know the rest of my life doing. I mean, there's I've read 17 books j- so far just on the on the Jewishness of Jesus. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, and yeah. I've got about 30 more to go. That's there's amazing. a lot of literature on that. That's excellent. Um, how might you encourage others towards faithful endurance in the faith? Yeah, again, I don't know if I can if I can improve upon uh, this notion of uh, you recognize the absolute lordship of Jesus when He says, "Follow me." You drop your nets and you walk away from whatever you know, whatever your former life was, and the rest of of a Christian life looks like following Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, asking uh, what, what is obedience about? Another a new new idea from uh, looking at the Jewishness of Jesus um, in Judaism, loyalty, uh, what, what we would call faith. They they speak more in terms of loyalty, mm-hmm. and and that that's something I want to meditate on in the weeks and months to come. What is it? What does loyalty to Jesus look like? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that that's the that's the encouragement that I would I would give anybody that's listening. There there is this remarkable man who loves you so much he would rather die than live without you. Mm-hmm. Now, how can you not respond to that? How can you not want to get to know that person better? Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And I, I kept mm-hmm. thinking of John, the Gospels, and the writer, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. just his. His admonishment, I guess you could say, to abide in Jesus, Jesus said to abide mm-hmm. in him. And that's what it sounds like you're saying for us is that we just stay yeah. close, abide, stay near um, to to our Savior. And um, keep keep asking questions. Keep yeah. keep delving into, you know, you, you, you don't think that, you know, because you read a book on some passage or you heard a sermon on one passage that you squeeze that dry because oh, no. that's not how the teaching of Jesus works. Yeah. There, you know, there, there, there are layers of meaning and 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 as your life changes and different things happen to you, different verses light up in different ways. So there really is no end to it. And we will spend eternity learning about him. I think absolutely the depths of our Savior and um, our God. We 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 will never reach the end of it. And and I think it's yeah. just going to be a wonderful and glorious time. And what a privilege that we get to explore and learn about him now. And so it, yes. it's such a gift. And so for the person like in your stage where you, cause you've said a couple of times, I'm going to spend the rest of my life. I'm going to spend the rest mm-hmm. of my life. So you aren't done. You're still enduring in the faith. You're still no. running your race. And so yeah, I, I'm learning more about Jesus now than I ever have. That's and it, that's what's so exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. And so how can yeah. you encourage, because I I think for right now, of, I, obviously you are t- talking to all of us, but, but say mm-hmm. someone maybe in the music industry who they see these younger artists and newer musical formats and styles and acts coming in, and yet you haven't quit. How can you encourage the person who may feel like quitting not to? I think um, if you're just doing this for yourself, mm. uh, it, quitting actually may be a good idea. That's good. Uh, but I think uh, if 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 you're feeling discouraged, that's probably an indication that you're uncom- uncomfortable with uh, with the way things are, with the status quo, and that's a good reason not to quit. Mm. And um, and uh, you know, again, the the principal reason not to quit 
is that there's still so many people who who don't know who Jesus is, and then there's even more people who have made it, um, some kind of commitment to him, and they still don't know who he is. And they're waiting to hear, you know, what he means. Uh, you know, what his life is all about, and 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 they're hungry to see someone. That's what happened with me and the man who discipled me. I I saw this brilliant uh, Harvard PhD who was so excited about the details of the life of Jesus, and I thought, boy, if he thinks this is interesting, this must really be interesting. Mm. And I was drawn to that, and I think we need we need to be that for other people. So if you're struggling, uh, you know that you need to get you need to move in that direction, uh, and and to stop listening to the voices that you know. Um, someone like me, you know, they don't play me on the radio so much anymore. Um, there, there's a, this natural curve arc that happens in a career, especially in music. And if, if, if you're struggling with that, just realize, you know, God still has plenty of work for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be on the, the, the size stage that you anticipated, but um, then, you know, that's okay. Amen. In the end, Jesus it tried to impact twelve men, and and uh, and it wasn't until the Spirit came after the resurrection that that really happened. So be encouraged. That's excellent. Well, that's encouraging yeah. advice for all of us, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to take that to heart. Thank you so much for being with us. If you, is there any last thing you'd like to encourage or say before we end our time together? Well, let me make one one distinction, and, and this is another new idea for me. Um, for years, and I really got this from Bill, for, for years, I, th- I thought of sin as um, disobedience, as disbelief. And I was talking to a Jewish friend uh, not long ago about why the children won't enter into the promised land. And I said, well, it's stubborn disbelief. That's why people go to hell. It's stubborn disbelief. And he looked at me and sort of shook his head and, and rolled his eyes. And I go, what? <laughs> and he said, it's not disbelief. He said they. He said they believed. They just didn't trust him. Hmm. And I can't tell you that the something in my brain moved and something in my heart shifted, and I realized, you know, that really is the central issue. It's it, for so many of us. It's not disbelief. We believe. We just don't trust him, and that mistrust is the source of, you know, all kinds of things, and most especially sin. We just don't trust him. Yeah. And so I'll leave you, leave you with that thought, because that's currently what I'm processing. No, what does it look good. like, again, to be loyal? To, what does it look like to really trust him? No, that's good. That's very yeah. good. It, it made me think of, um, we say it all the time, but I believe, help my unbelief. I believe that part uh-huh. of that unbelief is that we don't trust him. Yeah, and you're worried about things, and you know, you're you know, fretful about what this, this won't happen, or this might happen, or I might get sick, or well, I don't know, whatever. And and uh, so so often, and I haven't thought about it long enough to say it all comes back to that. But as I look at it, the, the majority of my stumbling through the years, it, it hasn't been disbelief. <laughs> it's been it's been uh, distrust. I agree. And who who is more worthy of our trust than than uh, Jesus Christ? I mean, my goodness, what else does He have to do to show us that we can trust Him? Yes, Amen. Yeah. Yes. Well, on that, I think we can all just go and I just want to go and learn about Jesus. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Stories of Sacred Endurance. If you are enjoying it, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. 
that will help more people discover and hopefully be encouraged by this podcast. And be sure to pick up a copy of my new book, Sacred Endurance, from InterVarsity Press. InterVarsity Press is offering podcast listeners 30% off the book through March 2020. Go to ivypress.com and use the code SACRED30 for 30% off and free shipping on your copy of Sacred Endurance. Thanks for listening.